This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. There was a gospel preacher. He was ending a week's meeting and... uh, There was a huge potluck that afternoon, and it was Sunday afternoon, and everybody was exhausted, much like tonight. (laughs) And he said, whoever falls asleep, their name is going to go in the middle of that circle. (laughs) So so he kept everybody awake that that afternoon. You know, I was thinking about us as a congregation. There are so many different folks here that are in different seasons of life. We got, you know, a lot of teenagers, and we're thankful for that. We got a lot of younger uh, children. We got uh, folks that are engaged to be married. We've got some that are promised to another. We have young married couples that have small children. There are some of us that have teenagers. There are some of us that have teenagers and small children. There are some of us that are grandparents now. Some of that will be grandparents in a few years. And so what, what I'm trying to get at is, so I think about us, our congregation, we're all in different seasons of life, yet we are one body. I think about the, the places that we've all come from. We all have different religious experiences We all have different backgrounds. We've come from different cultures, and yet we're all one body. And what I think is beautiful about the body of Jesus Christ is that we can all be different, yet be one of one mind. And what I love about the Apostle Paul is he has given us You know, keys to unity, and that would be the title of our study this evening is Keys to Unity. And I I grabbed this title from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. Paul writes here to Ephesus, he said, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So here we are. We can all be so different, yet we can become of one mind. We can have peace with one another by these four things. That is the key to unity, is follow after these four things, which are... Lowliness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, and forbearing. He says, if you will do these four things, you will have peace in your congregation. You will have unity, and you will be withholding the vocation wherewith you are called. You will be taking your Christianity serious. And so this evening we're going to look at these four things. And the first one is, of course, lowliness of mind. You know, when I begin to think about humility, 
and lowliness of mind and how it relates to unity, how it relates us getting along with one another as a congregation. I thought about a verse in 1 Peter 5 and 5. It says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility. For God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble. You know, Peter was an elder himself, and he was teaching other elders. He said, don't lord over your congregations, but be you an example. And then he gives some advice to the younger people. He says, you have got to submit yourselves to your elders or to your leadership. This was vital in order for there to be peace uh, in, in the congregation. You know, Brian mentioned last Wednesday night, one of the greatest qualities of our youth is their zeal. You guys have zeal. When you, we get a little older, we get tired and we get cranky and we feel less ambitious in life. But yet we have some experience. And so you see your zeal as a young person and our experiences, which should turn into wisdom, those coupled together, we can accomplish Great things in life. I remember when I was the ripe old age of 21 years, uh, 21 years of old, I was working with a congregation, and they had some problems. And I just wanted to go in there guns blazing, and I was going to fix their problems with all my wisdom at 21. And I was talking to, about my ambitions to my grandfather, and boy, he put me in my place really quickly. He's like, Clint, do you think that they got to their, their, their point uh, of, of being having these problems overnight? And I said, no, sir. I, I think it would probably take many years to get to that point. He's like, do, well, do you think you can, with one sermon, go in there and fix all their problems? I was like, no, sir. I don't guess so. I think it would probably take years to fix it. He said, exactly. He said, Clint, do you think that this congregation, like their elders, they may be on top of this already. And it's like, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, they have elders. Yeah, they're probably pretty mindful of what's going on in their congregation being shepherds. Probably know a lot more than I do being an outsider. And, and so again, he just be, was able to quieten my zeal and show me wisdom, how wisdom with zeal is, 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 is great. But you see, that zeal without wisdom is, is, pretty, is, is nothing but foolishness. And so it's all important that we as young people be trainable, that we be teachable, because if you know everything at a young age, then you can't be taught. And so let's look towards the leadership. And then sometimes we as leaders, sometimes we as older people can get pretty arrogant because we've been there, we've done that. Like we may think to ourselves, well, I, I've been a Christian for 40 years. Well, my father was a Christian and his father was a Christian. I've come from generations of, of, of Christians that were faithful to the Lord. And we think about all of our accolades and, well, I've baptized this many people. Big whoop-de-doo. Like we are all the same in God's eyes. We are his children. And we are still, as this verse says, to be subject one to another. 
And that is the key to having this lowliness of mind is knowing that our needs do not come before our brother and sister in Christ. We are all to be serving one another in lowliness of mind. And that is, and that is key. You know, I, we, I was joking around with a couple the other day. We were talking about what we would do on our very last day. If we knew that we had one day to live, how do we live it? And I was joking around and, and talking about how I would eat boxes and boxes of, of ice cream sandwiches. I just love them. And uh, that's how I lived my last day. But I think about Jesus Christ. How did he spend his last day? He spent it washing the disciples' feet teaching them how important it was to have a lowly spirit. He was the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Within, he spoke a few words and this world existed. We existed by, his, by the words that came out of his mouth. And yet he's washing disciples' feet on his last day. That is how we are to live and to serve one another. You see, if we all have that humility, then, how, then where's contention? Where's the contention? Only through anger comes contention. Only through pride comes contention. So if we extinguish the, the, the pride in ourselves and just go about serving one another, then great things can happen. You know, Pat Manning, he said something to me one day, and a lot of us have met Pat Manning. He's an aging man. He's lived some life. And, and one of the things he said to me, and I don't know why he said it, but I'll, I've never forgotten it. He said, Clint, when you have a group of men and women called brothers and sisters in Christ. And if they will work side by side and none of them care who gets the credit at the end of the day, he said, great things will happen. And I love that about our bunch because we are working side by side and no one cares who gets the applause at the end of the day. We're just out doing the work. And if we can keep that up, we will continue to do great things. Let's remember that the key to unity is having lowliness of mind. Next thing it talks about is meekness. This word meekness, uh, a synonym that describes this word is gentleness. When we think about meekness, think about gentleness. What is gentleness? It is to be tender-hearted. It is to be kind. It is to be mild-mannered and compassionate. You know, when I think about meekness, when it comes to unity, I think about Galatians 6 and 1 where it says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such as one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. You know, when we came together tonight, you know what we brought? Sin. We all have sin in our lives. And sometimes that sin is going to be the same sin over and over again. And so we, because we know each other, when we see that happen, we are with all, with a spirit of meekness, correct one another. So you see, meekness and gentleness is not an action, but it's a way that we act. It's how we act. It's not so much the words that we say, it's how we say those words. How many of us have been rebuked before? Fortunately, I've been rebuked more times than I'd like to admit. And there was one time my uncle rebuked me, and he did it with such harshness that I have never forgotten it. But he did it with such harshness that it didn't quite get the fruit that he wanted it to. 
But then there have been times in my life when I've been admonished and I've been rebuked with gentleness and kindness, and it just made me bawl my eyes out. You know what it made me want to do? It made me want to change. It made me want to repent of my faults and do better. And that is the power of gentleness. I love this verse, and we read it often in 1 Thessalonians 2 and 7. It says, but we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherishes her children. You know, we, uh, as you all know, we have this creek. This creek is just a nightmare. It's kind of like a wooden deck. It's just a maintenance nightmare. And this, this creek bank is always, there's fallen limbs, things are always washing up, so it's just work all the time down there to keep it clean. And us kids, I mean the kids that always go down there and work, and one of us is always getting hurt. And I remember the kids, they would get hurt, they'd get their knees scraped, and they'd run right by me and take the journey 100 yards back up to the house to where they could go and get cherished and nurtured by Amy. Because I would say, suck it up, rub some dirt on it, it's going to be all right. But not Amy. She would, she would grab them and she would look at the wound and she would put some ointment on there and that magical Band-Aid and she would kiss it and she would hold them until they were ready to get back on their feet again. And that is how we are to treat faults and sins and shortcomings with, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. That gentle, nurturing spirit, if we can have that, we can make great changes in our congregation. Um, we have to have that humility of mind before we can have that gentle spirit. You know, I think about Moses. Why was he chosen? Out of all the talented men of the Israelites, it was Moses that was challenged, chosen. There was guys that were better spokesmen. They were more eloquent. They had a quicker mind, but they didn't have meekness. And that's what the children of Israel needed. They had 400 years of bondage. They were afraid. They were just a worn-out people, and they needed a man with meekness to lead them. And that's why Moses was chosen. Let's remember the power of meekness. The next thing is long-suffering. What does long-suffering mean? Basically, it just basically means to be long-tempered. That's the definition of long-suffering, to be slow to anger. You know, we went, a lot of us went, to, I think almost every one of us here went to the ark. Most of us. And that was an incredible experience. We got to see a life scale of the ark. And we got to see how he made this amazing structure with no power tools. We got to see all the animals that they brought upon the ark, just miracle after miracle. But to me, the greatest thing about the Noah and the ark is not so much what Noah did, but what God did in that process. While Noah would spend the next hundred years constructing this ark, you know what he would also do? He would preach repentance to the people. That's the beauty of the story, is Noah would preach repentance. He would show, God would show his long suffering to an evil people for a hundred years. And when we read the Old Testament, what well, do we see the long suffering of God, don't we? Story after story. 
God would allow things to happen for hundreds of years before His wrath and judgment would take place, showing His character. And if we are to be God-like, if we are to be godly, then we are to be long-suffering, slow to anger. And that's a hard thing to do, isn't it? It's a hard thing to do. You know, uh, Paul taught Corinth, in Corinthians, I think, chapter 3, where he says it starts with anger, then that anger leads to arguments and contention, then after that comes what? Division. Division. Anger always leads to division. We know it divides our family, our homes. It divides the church. So let's be slow to anger. The last thing that we want to look at, we'll read verse Proverbs 14 and 29. It says, He that is slow to wrath is of great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. Let's look at forbearing one another in love. What does forbearing mean? How is it different from long-suffering? Well, long-suffering is to basically be slow to anger when it comes to sin, people sinning against us. But forbearing is a different beast altogether. It's a little bit more difficult, in my opinion, because we're not only forbearing sin, but we're tolerating annoyances, things that irritate us. And that's a difficult thing, because, again, we've talked about all of our differences. Like, there's a lot of us that parent different from one another. Some of us allow things in our home that the next family will not allow. Uh, again, like you think about the Jews and the Gentiles, like how did they get along? They were so different through forbearance. You know, sometimes when, when we differ or have different mindsets with another brother or sister in Christ, what do we do? We kind of isolate ourselves from them and we hang out with people that we're more like-minded with, that we get along with. And that is dangerous when it comes to the church. We need to celebrate that we are all different. We can all be the eye. We can all be the right hand or the left hand. God has put us together knowing that we are all different, knowing that we all have a specific function and that we have a specific experience that's going to help one another. You know, I think about weaknesses. We are to forbear each other's weakness. You know, the scriptures are full of examples where the church was like, there were certain people that wanted to celebrate this day. There were certain people that thought this day was more important. And it's like, hey, just let each other have their differences. Like, forbear one another in the days that they think are more holier than the next. Think about the people that, that were sacrificing uh, meats to idols and some people thought it was okay to eat that meat because they're like it's just meat at the end of the day and there's some people thought well that's evil if you eat that meat because it's been sacrificed to idols again it said to embrace the weaker brother like we all have weaknesses we're all we're not all 40 years of uh, we're not all been a Christian for 40 years there's some of us that are babes in Christ some of us that weren't were grown up in a church some of us weren't so we're all at different levels. Some are sipping on the milk and some are, are feasting on the, the meat. And so we're all going to have weaknesses. We have to forbear those. I think about our, our shepherds' meetings. I and mean, they can go four or five hours long. 
And sometimes I will have brilliant ideas. I mean, like sonic ice, brilliant, right? And I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll deliver this idea and this crickets. Crickets, like that's the stupidest idea. Derek's thinking that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. But you know, that's what makes us so great together is because, you know, we all have different backgrounds. We all have different ideas. We all have different traditions. You know, maybe we like all oh, slow songs, low and slow. Maybe we like fast and high. Like maybe we like topical sermons. Maybe we like, expo- what's that word? Expos- Help me out, Brian. Yeah, expositional. Textual sermons and, you know, on and on we could go. Like we all have different things and opinions of of how the worship should look like, how we should run our homes. But the beauty about forbearing one another is, is, is just we get along. We get along. We celebrate each other's likes and dislikes and, and we love each other through them and we're, we show grace and uh, that's forbearance. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. But when we truly love one another, it's easy to do. I think this verse kind of sums up everything. What I love about this verse is I want us, as we read this, to think about how similar it is to Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. Again, Paul taught in every church the same thing. Colossians 3, 12 through 15 says, Put on therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, even if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. So basically it says, put on love. When you put on love, he says, you put on mercies for one another. Put on kindness and humbleness and, and meekness and long-suffering, forbearing one another. And as Christ forgave you, you forgive others. This sums everything up. We have such an enjoyable peace amongst one another. And I want to continue to have that peace and have that unity. And the only way that we can do it is that we follow these four keys that we've discussed this evening. Remember to have humility because where there is pride, there is contention. But when there is humility, there is peace. Let us be gentle. Remember that when we have to rebuke one another, which we'll have to do, let us remember our own sins and let us be gentle, knowing that that gentle can do mighty and powerful things. Let's remember to be long-suffering, to quench anger, to be slow to anger, and forbear one another. We're all different. Let's celebrate that. We don't all have to be the same. Let's celebrate each other's differences and their and weird habits, and, and let's just love each other. <laughs> let's celebrate each other's weirdness. And uh, anyway, I love each one of you, and uh, thank you so much for your kind attention this evening. We have a song that has been selected for the invitation. And there, if there are any this evening that would like the prayers of the church or any that would like to obey the gospel, we ask you to, now, to stand now as we stand and sing.
We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.